0: Thank you for tuning into Living with Intention. I am April Wyatt, your wellness advocate, and I created Living with Intention to expand on different ways to support your well being. And we are talking about the power of play. And really think about that. Think about. When is the last time that you really explored play and the freedom and expansion that comes with it, right? As I talked about in past uh, episodes, that that's where our inner spark is. That's where our essence is and how we connect with others throughout play evokes creativity, the abundance, you know, that whole ripple effect, So, as I've talked about in this series, the power of play, uh, we explored about dance so far, and how that kind of supports you in your mental and physical health, and also how play um, through that action we can become more intimate in our relationships that we form. So today we're going to explore play with mindfulness, and especially with eating. As we have seem to turn eating more into a chore or something that we have to do, have dinner, have lunch, do this, so that way we can get on to our next task, and we're really missing out on the pleasure that comes with eating. So this is why I've invited my next guest, Dr. Lynn Rossi. Uh, she is a health psychologist, an author, and EM yoga teacher. And she also um, has some books out, Mindful-Based Eating Solution, Proven Strategies on Overeating, Satisfying Your Hunger, and Survivor of Your Life. Uh, She leads also retreats, classes, and workshops on mindfulness and yoga, both nationally and internationally. And Dr. Rossi also writes a regular blog called Tasting Mindfulness. And that is where I discovered her and the wonderful gifts she has to offer. So without further ado, I introduce to you Dr. Lynn Rossi. Welcome. It's uh, my pleasure. Yes. And as I mentioned in the intro, I found you through your blog about playfulness and how we need to remember that, especially when we're in a professional setting and, you know, things can kind of get more routine. And so I just want to kind of unpack that a little bit more for our listeners and viewers so that way they can have a sense of how they can get that playfulness back into their lives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the um, blog that you were referring to uh, really came from my own sense that I wasn't playing enough in my own life. Um, And that can happen even if you feel like you have a fairly good work-play balance, uh, which I feel like I do. You know, I get in a lot of self-care. I am a health psychologist, so I do try to get in a lot of self-care But sometimes even that starts to feel like work, right? And so it's about what kind of attitude are we bringing to whatever it is that we're doing, right? Because if I'm walking um, out in nature, which can be a very playful uh, activity, if I'm caught in my head and all I'm doing is thinking about work or my problems or some email I didn't like or some (laughs) some issue that I haven't been able to solve, then I'm not really being present for the playful activity. um, And you're not going to get the benefits from it. Um, I've caught myself actually walking down the trail one time um, and noticing that because we have a beautiful trail here in the town that I live. And I wasn't seeing anything. I wasn't seeing the birds. I wasn't hearing the birds. I wasn't seeing the trees or the flowers. I was totally caught in my head and I missed almost that entire walk. And so when I caught myself I'm like okay hold on you know let me bring my full attention to what I'm doing so I can really renew myself uh with this activity um and then I can go and be better prepared to handle whatever issues that I have um so that's one of the actual uh components of play that I think is really important is this idea of attention and awareness we have to be aware of what we're doing and i have to tell you most of the time people are caught in their
0: heads oh yes
1: yeah you know so we have uh, it's estimated about 50 to 80,000 thoughts a day and most of them are negative repetitive and useless and yet that's what we focus on so it's a lot about recognizing how much you get caught in in those thoughts And to as much a degree as possible, finding an activity that you can completely go into, right? So it's. I think it's important for people to start making lists of what those are because Mm. we don't really remember. Um, So I like to play the piano. I mean, when I play the piano, I can't think of anything else. If I'm thinking of anything else, I'm going to miss the notes, and I hadn't played for a long time until a couple of days ago, and I thought, you know, I really need to hear the sound of that piano, and I pulled out this kind of new age song that I, you know, uh, um, artist that I really like, and I was just so engrossed in it, and so enlivened by it, and there's no way I could think of anything else, right? Um, so gardening does that for me, you know, there are certain things that I'm just in the dirt, you know, I was in the dirt earlier today, I planted some new, new plants, you know, and that to me is playful and enjoyable and takes me out of my head. So
0: that's so important. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate you bringing up the awareness because, a lot of times we just get in that tunnel vision or, you know, whatever the next task is of what we're doing and not really being in the moment. And with play that invites that creativity, that invites us to really get more in the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is where spontaneous and the expansion really within ourselves as our cells are literally responding to that, right? It's energetic, it's biological. It's just amazing when we are in that moment.
1: Yeah. And so to the degree that we can bring all of our senses to an activity and really feed both the physical, uh, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. I mean, I think all of those uh, need to be nurtured and- um, you know, brought to a, a playful activity so that we can really feed our entire being, exactly,
0: exactly. And in that blog, you had mentioned about um, witnessing like that feeling or that sensation and writing it out, writing yes. down what that feels like, you know, afterwards, of course, yeah, yeah,
1: well, and so. So I think I said in the blog, I think I have it over here, <laughs> A little cheat sheet here. Um, but I did mention that because I think this is really interesting, is that studies show that we experience three times more pleasant events than unpleasant events, but we're not present for them. Again, it's all about presence. Because what we do is we attach to the negative and we push away the positive. But but pleasant and positive are happening all the time. We just need to be present for it. For instance, um, I teach, I have taught a lot of mindful eating. And I know for a fact that most people don't don't savor their food. And you have times every day, three times a day at least, where you can get the food that you really want that's really important is to go ahead and eat the food that you really want and to really take the time and savor it right mm. um, but people are often doing something else while they eat they're watching tv they're talking to somebody they're you know working driving on computer, driving <laughs> a lot of people drive and eat yes. in the car yeah yeah so they aren't really present for this wonderful experience that we can have every day. Um so first of all it's about picking the food that you really want to savor and not judging yourself for wanting something, you know. Exactly.
0: Yes, yeah. the judgment.
1: Yeah, we judge ourselves a lot. So what we do is we say, "Oh, well I can't have that." And then you have something that you don't really want. And then you end up having it anyway, <laughs> but you've already <laughs> eaten that and this, and it's like, okay, let's just start with what you want. Um, and over time, when people um, mindfully eat, research has indicated that um, as people know they can have whatever they want, and they begin to really um, tap into their taste buds and what food really tastes like, that they're actually led to healthier choices in food. hmm Right. So instead of just like, oh, if I can eat whatever I want, I'm only going to eat cookies all day long. That is not the case, because eating cookies all day long just doesn't taste good.
0: Right. Yes. If they're really present. right? It's It's when they're feeding that emotion or what have you, you know, really sitting with what you're eating and being present with it, because that intensifies the flavor. And then you can actually feel how your body responds to the interaction of that food. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so people do start noticing that some of the food that they're eating, particularly if it's more highly processed and um, less whole, that it doesn't taste as good because you're you're getting chemicals and preservatives and all this other stuff that really doesn't have that good of a taste.
0: Yeah. Whereas
1: your more whole foods um, really have this amazing flavor. It's the flavor from nature, you know, that's really um, yeah. organic, that that really uh, people tend to move towards.
0: Yes. And just as you say, the flavor of that, the natural foods, even thinking about getting strawberries at the store versus going to you pick strawberries. I mean, there's, you cannot even uh, compare the, the flavor and the juiciness and that intense sweetness of the, you know, locally grown. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. You know, so you really want to look for seasonal, you know, if you're buying fruit out out of season, it isn't going to be that good. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not going to taste that good. It's going to have traveled around the world and, you know, it's not going to be all that wonderful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then part of that is, is what I remember from that blog is not only just being with the food and having that sensation and writing it down, writing what you're experiencing, but also, I, I also have a little cheat sheet here um, doing a just list for you of what play looks like of how you can, you know, just like you perfectly described you playing the piano Mm. and being with the music and feeling that sensation, you know, the resonance of the the music and touching the keys and, and I'm sure, you know, the body movement with it, uh, just that's play in itself. So that just for you list of whatever evokes that playfulness for you.
1: Yeah. And so in my mindful eating class, at one point, I would ask everyone to um, that week um, do things that were just for them, that were enjoyable and pleasurable, and and that didn't necessarily include anybody else. Um, I, I I really think there's some benefit of being with yourself in some kind of activity that's going to create joy for you, and knowing what those are. And particularly for women Mm -hmm. who are so focused on taking care of everybody else outside of them, their husbands, their children, their employees, their employers, you know, whatever women tend to really do this a lot. And when I would ask them, you know, do you do something every week that's just for you? Mm -hmm. Most people look confused. (laughs) You know, what? For me, I don't have time for that. And so I'm really a real big proponent of taking time, right? So no, there's never enough time for everything, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody's like, oh, well, I don't have enough time. Here's the thing with time. You have it if you take it. Uh, Say that again. (laughs) Here's the thing with time. You have it if you take it. Yes, it's your choice. It's your choice. choosing you over other tasks. Yeah, you can leave the dishes in the sink. You can let the clothes be dirty. Uh, I'll teach the kids how to wash their own clothes or whatever, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, Have a dirty house, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Let it be messy for a little while, right? Uh, And don't worry about that as much as feeding your soul. Would you Mm.
0: rather have a pretty house or would you rather feed your soul? Exactly. Exactly. Because it really, that even that uh, activity of I have to clean, I have to whatever, that's our own self judgments. And nobody else gives, you know, a flying squirrel of what your house looks like, really, you know, and if they did, you know, unless, you know, it's a hoarding situation, which I highly doubt that, but you know what I mean? And if they did, then those people, you know, those might not be that supportive of you and and your intentions of putting yourself first. Yeah. And, you
1: know, there may be some people in your life that will uh, be a little surprised if you start taking care of yourself and you haven't been somebody that's done that. And they may not like it because you're not taking care of them as much anymore and you know what that's okay yeah that's okay
0: exactly yes because then you're setting healthy boundaries yeah when when you're you're putting yourself first and i'm just saying it's okay to be selfish yeah we're taught to give 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 sacrifice all those things and uh, it just really depletes us and our cups are bone dry and cracked and you, you can't pour from an empty cup.
1: No, no, you really yeah. can't. Yeah. yeah. So and people sometimes ask me about that. Well, you know, if you do this meditation and yoga or all these different kinds of things, do you think you'll become selfish? And I'm like, I hope so. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean I, you know, because selfish has gotten a bad rap. You know, it's not mm-hmm. about that you never care about anybody else. But you know we're much more um, outwardly focused and taking care of others than we are taking and taking care of ourselves. And when your cup is
0: full, then you can fill the cup of somebody else. Um, much exactly, better. and and that filling your own cup, then you feel good. You feel mm. it's like a good thing to give to support instead of an obligation or how am I going to fit that in? Or, you know, you're feeling like both, you know, the is burning at both ends type of thing. Um, that just depletes your energy. So, you know, give back to yourself and that way you have more to give for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, in that blog, you wrote down, and I have to bring it up because it's all what I'm about. It's your intention. It's setting that intention to um, commit to some sort of little schedule. It doesn't have to be anything big, as you said, but just having it on your calendar and just, uh, you know, play date with me yeah. or something yeah. like that on there. So the intention of it is is huge.
1: Yeah, and I always suggest to people to put it in your calendar. Don't just assume it's going to happen. Just like anything else that you want to do, you need to put it in your calendar. So I have walks with, you know, myself and with others almost every day. And that's a, very much a time of play. Um, and it's a non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? So certain things are non-negotiable. Right. And this is the thing that should be non-negotiable. You need to set a play date with yourself at least once a week. And you need to do certain things that, you know, fill you up. Um, And then in the intention part, um, what I had put in the blog was a question that I've been asking myself. And I have it by my computer on a little sticky note right here. And I I like looking at it because it just makes me stop and think for a moment. And it says, what does a vibrant and radiant life
0: look like to you? Ah, yes. Can you read that one more time for those who are distracted with something else? (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: What does a vibrant and radiant life look like? look like to you yeah Yeah. and so that then begins to evoke you know uh, a sense of radiance and vibrance in everything that I do so Mm -hmm. I don't believe that play should just be outside of work for instance I think play has to be inside of work play that sense of play that mindset of joy I'm all about joy. Okay. So I really like joy. (laughs) And I think that can be woven into
0: absolutely every
1: aspect of your life. And then it begins Mm -hmm. to seem like play because you don't want work to feel like work. You want work to feel like play.
0: Right. And then it becomes easier. It flows a little easier just with shifting the script, I say, of the Mm -hmm. thoughts about things. And just even that question that you had, you know, invites the curiosity right you know how how can i shift this and what does that look like and how am i showing up you know and and evoking play here
1: mhm mhm
0: yeah and so, speaking of playing uh i think you had a you have a lovely little exercise for us to participate in
1: yeah a mindfulness so, eating
0: exercise
1: I, I brought a little piece of chocolate um, and yeah, I So for I like those, to,
0: yeah, for those of you who aren't a fan of chocolate, you know, choose something else, something small that you can easily um, put in your mouth.
1: Yeah, so a piece of dried fruit or a piece of chocolate or any kind of small little piece of, of food. Um, fruit's really great because it has that kind of um, oftentimes an outward coating and then you chew in on it and it explodes in your mouth. But anyway, um, but pick whatever it is that you want for a little eating exercise. Um,
0: okay, I got mine too. I got, you got my yours. Okay, great.
1: Chocolate. I know. Mm, so <laughs> I'm going to take you through my basics of mindful eating. So basics is really um, an acronym that you can remember. And if you want to go to my uh, website, I actually have a PDF of the basics of mindful eating on the website. So everybody can go on there. I know you're going to give everybody links for that and stuff. So um, on my website, under mindful eating, you can get this handout. B stands for breathe and belly check. So before Mm. you eat, if you would take a deep breath. And that actually helps to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which you talked about earlier, which is your rest and digest response. So you want your stomach to be. Uh, prepared to receive food, right? Mm -hmm. So taking a couple of deep breaths before you eat helps the body to, you know, digest food better. And Mm -hmm. then check in with your belly, are you hungry? You know, sometimes um, we're hungry when we eat and sometimes we aren't. And it's not about saying you can't eat if you're not hungry, but in general, if you're going to eat when you eat your meals, um, eating when you're hungry is a good thing. Good thing. Um, but to eat a little piece of chocolate, you don't have to have a lot of hunger, right? You can be at any level and eat a little piece of chocolate. Um, but a lot of people that come to my classes, you know, are reaching for food for a lot of reasons besides physical hunger. And it's it's just important to acknowledge what it is that you're doing um, and then decide what you want to eat. And I've decided we're going to I'm going to eat chocolate and then you assess it, right? So smell it.
0: Hmm. What happens when you smell it? Just that aroma of it flowing in. And um, then right away, you know, my mouth starts to respond because that's the first uh, part of digestion is, is our mouths. Yeah. And so responding that way. And it, you know, maybe even a little, my stomach really wakes up. Then it perks up. Ooh, chocolate. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So there's saliva in the mouth. There's uh stomach is starting to activate because everything's connected. When you smell, it's like the body's like, oh, we're going to eat soon. So I'm going to get prepared for you. And then um, think about what it is that you're putting in your mouth. So I've got some chocolate that's actually a fair trade chocolate. <laughs> and um, fair trade just simply means that Whoever raised this, whoever produced it is getting a fair wage for their, you know, for their work, which makes me feel good too. Yes. (laughs) And then um, we can take a bite of it. Right. Hmm. Particularly with chocolate, just let it warm up in your mouth. Don't even start to chew yet. Close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing that. And notice, because when your eyes are open, we're outwardly focused. And when we close our eyes, we can really take our attention into the mouth. Mm. And move it around inside the mouth. Notice where you're experiencing the different flavors. The chocolate is warming up. Now, if you have a piece of fruit, you can start to chew it, of course, move it around a little bit, but then start to chew. And after the chocolate has melted enough, you can begin to chew a little bit.
0: that's interesting how the flavor just intensifies, you know, I'm, rolling it around I have chocolate and uh, just it melting over my tongue and then of course more saliva comes in to help you know move that through and then just even chewing it just really opens up the flavors and that connection with with the chocolate. So what did you notice when you took that bite yeah it's it's just uh just really amplified everything for me because i was present and you know closing my eyes really helped also hone in on you know what's happening really being with the experience and with the piece of chocolate versus You know, as you said, when we have our eyes open, we're focused on other things or other people or driving, you know, whatever we're doing. And we're not really present with the food that we're ingesting. And actually, that little piece, I took a quarter piece of a chunk. Yes. And that satisfies me. I don't need to just eat one, two, three, four, five, you know, pieces because of the, you know, letting it melt. Being with it really, you know, it's pretty intense flavor once you think about it. So,
1: yeah, it's amazing that just even a little piece of the chocolate gives you a complete chocolate experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had an experience. You could have eaten a whole bar and not have had that experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seriously. And so not that you're going to eat like that every bite of every meal, but every day stop and and really tune into some bite of food so that you can begin to train yourself to remember to be present with the food Mm. right so every day if you can just stop and go oh let me just like even if it's just the first bite of something if you can just stop and take that bite really mindfully and that slows you down and kind
0: of sets the tone for the rest of the meal yes right. and i especially liked how you had us take a breath before right even setting the the, the intention and connecting to the body um uh, you know just getting back into that parasympathetic so that way you know it our bodies know versus because our bodies are responding to our thoughts constantly. So if we're up here in our minds thinking about 500 things and the fight or flight and got to do this and what have you, and then we go to eat something, it's not going to digest it very well. Or we're going to have a big lump in our stomach, uh, Yeah, you know, so acid go- reflux and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So the rest of the basics includes um, slowing down. So B is breathe and belly check. A is assess your food. S stands for slow down. Most of us, three-fourths of us eat too fast. Uh, Like put the food down in between bites. Take a breath in between bites. Investigate your hunger throughout the meal. That's the I of the basics. Um, Because particularly halfway through, I encourage people to stop um, and to notice, am I full? Am, Am I getting full? Am I still hungry? Where's my level of fullness Because oftentimes, particularly if you're at a restaurant, um, you may be served more food than you're really hungry for.
0: Oh, all the time.
1: Yes. So you don't have to eat the whole plate of food. I know that's what we've been taught, but it's not, your body's not a waste can, you know, you don't want to eat more than it really needs. So learn to stop based on your fullness cues, not on whether there's food left on your plate.
0: Yes, that is perfect. And the word satisfied comes to mind when you say that, you know, am I, am I satisfied? It doesn't mean you have to be busting at the seams and, oh, I'm so full, I can't eat another bite. It reminds me of Thanksgiving, right? When people just load up their plates and, and that's a whole nother story, but So uh, it, it's the satisfied, you know, so that way you're not as uncomfortable and your body can process the food a lot easier, you know, yeah, absolutely. So in
1: and in some of the cultures that have the longest lived people, you know, they've studied these people in the blue zones and they don't eat until they're full. They eat until they're, until they're almost, you know, they, they leave a little bit of room in their stomach right and so they eat until they're like three-fourths full Mm. they they consciously leave a little bit of room in the belly at at the at the end of a meal they don't want to fill it up all the way because that's not healthy for us yes and then the c of the basics is chew thoroughly so you talked about indigestion A lot of people take a couple of bites, it's gone. And then the poor belly, which has no teeth, is trying to digest it, right? That's why we have teeth is so that we can chew it thoroughly in the mouth. And then the belly is not doing all this extra work and having indigestion. And, you know, I've had lots of people tell me that when they started using the basics when they eat, that they don't have stomach problems anymore.
0: Mm. Yes, that's so interesting that you bring up about the chewing, because from my understanding, they say to chew 25 to 30 times, but you know, it depends on what you're eating too, right? It's a little piece of chocolate, 10 chews, and it's going to be dissolved in your mouth. But if you're thinking about steak or something really hard, uh, it it will take a little bit longer to chew it up before you swallow. Yeah. 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 And I
1: don't talk about a number because I think that gets, I don't want people to have an unpleasant experience when they eat. (laughs) And if you give them a number, they're like, Oh, that's terrible. I don't like to do that. You know? And so I just say chew until it's broken down. Okay. Right. So chew until it's broken down and then you can swallow it. Um, and then give your little, your belly a break. Um, the other thing about chewing that I really find fascinating is that when you chew the food thoroughly in the mouth, the food is actually, you know, it's being broken down. It's being combined with the saliva and the nutrient value of the food is being taken in through the mouth. Mm -hmm. Now the body is very wise. And so. It's going to tell you it's hungry until its nutritional needs have been met.
0: Ah, that's another thing you need to repeat.
1: Okay, the body is going to tell you it's hungry until its nutritional needs have been met. Yes. And so if you're eating food that's not very nutritionally dense, you're going to still be hungry, which may be why... Larger weight is often associated with fast food because these people that are eating it are still hungry and they eat more than the body really needs because it's searching for nutrition. Yeah, it's
0: kind of a vicious cycle, isn't it? Right? It
1: is. It really is. And so, whatever you're eating, if you would chew it really thoroughly, That nutrition, you're going to get all the nutritional value out of the food. Because if you take a couple of bites and it's down into your belly, you're not going to get the nutritional value out of that food, Mm. no matter what it is. And I know that when I eat food that's more processed, I can eat a whole plate of food and I'm still hungry. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I'm very aware of my hunger signals. I've been doing this a long time. And I'm like, I can eat a plate of food that's, you know, more a whole, more, less processed, and I don't need as much, and I, I definitely feel satisfied and full.
0: That's great. I, I love those tips. So how can we invite more playfulness of the, the types of food then that yes. we are... We're... So we're in a rut when it comes to food. Yes. We're it's in behavior, a rut. It's what's easy, what what we're yeah. used to. It's just... fast,
1: quick, and easy, and just like a bad boyfriend, it doesn't work there. And it doesn't work <laughs> with food. Sorry, couldn't help that. Um, but we have gotten into this mindset of everything has to be fast, quick, and easy. And food is one area where you do not want to have that be your mantra, mm. right? We have lost the art of eating, The art of exploring different foods, enjoying different foods, um, celebrating foods, celebrating with each other with food, getting into the kitchen. I mean, and I'm not a gourmet cook, but I really do enjoy eating the food out of my own kitchen. Mm, Even if it's just simple, you know, I enjoy it so much more than what I can get at out a lot of the time. Right. Um, And I do try to explore with different things. I love to go to the farmer's market. Right. Uh, And get to know my farmers. So it becomes a social event. My gathering my food and um, looking for recipes and, you know, and coming up with at least a few things each week that might be different and new um, becomes part of that play that we talked about. Yes. You know, it's part of that play. I I know who's gonna be at the farmer's market at eight o'clock. I have all my all my friends go and I run into it's like hard to get out. If I'm in a hurry, it's hard because I'm like, I know I'm gonna run into so many people that I know and we're gonna sit there and chat. I'm gonna talk to the farmers. There's a few of them that I go by and give hugs to, you know, and it's just this whole playful beautiful experience every Saturday, you know, that's
0: social. Yeah, yeah, it's social. And that's what that's even as children, right? It's so much easier to play with others and that social engagement and, you know, that helps open our hearts and, you know, be kinder and we look forward to seeing them. So that makes perfect sense to me, Lynn, that, you know, you just going to the farmer's market just starts that play happening.
1: Yeah. And so I I just really, I see that as part of my kind of, um, well, as a person who's focused on health and well-being and wellness, um, that's such an important part of it, right? What I put into my mouth is going to determine how I feel. It's going to either give me energy or it's going to deplete my energy. And I'm the kind of person that wants a lot of energy. Okay. I don't know if you've noticed that yet, but I like to, I like to be busy. I like to be, have fun. I like to, you know, I'm on the go, you know, and I have a lot mm-hmm. of things that I enjoy. And in order to be able to be present for the things that I enjoy, I have to have the energy for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the energy for it if I don't feed myself well, it, physical being is the, is the starting point. Oh yes. Yeah. If my physical body isn't well, I'm not going to feel good emotionally. My mind isn't going to work and I'm not going to be connected spiritually. Mm -hmm. So it all starts, I believe with the physical body. Mm -hmm. I think it's the most important thing that we do is to, to move it and feed it, Mm. Move your body and feed it well. And then you'll have all the energy and clarity and, um, you know, even happier feelings as you go into the rest of your life because you have set the foundation for it
0: oh yes most definitely
1: so I'm a big proponent of yoga okay so I I'm just going to throw that in there I do think that everybody anybody can do yoga right so this is my motto if you can breathe you can do yoga
0: okay yeah and that could be also part of the play too yes To be there to, and learning. I think the big thing from my understanding, working with uh, just a whole different demographics, people backgrounds is that they see certain pictures or even hearing the word yoga and they think they need to be in this certain pose and, you know, master it at the first try. And it's really about learning and being curious uh, you and know, meeting the, yourself where yeah. you're at, and just being open to that experience, and that could be even uh, play as well. Oh, absolutely!
1: And I think it is important to say you have to be careful about who you go to to take your yoga to take a yoga class. Okay, so some teachers, some classes, you won't want to go to, right? But there's many different kinds of classes. There's many different kinds of teachers. And so finding the right teacher, the right kind of yoga, uh, the yoga that is accessible to everybody is really important. And so if you step into a, you know, a vinyasa hot yoga class, and you've never done yoga, it probably isn't the right class for you, right? And so realize that there's so many different kinds and to kind of explore what might be uh, the kind for you, right? Right. Uh, And finding a teacher that understands that you're new and go to a beginner's class somewhere, you know, make sure that you find a beginner's class um, and go from there or do a yoga 101, you know,
0: find a yoga 101 class, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to ease into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how has yoga invoked play for you and and the people that you work with? Uh,
1: Yoga has enriched my life. Probably as much as anything. Um, I mean, I used to do a lot of sitting meditation. So I've done a lot of meditation retreats. I studied meditation. I taught meditation for many, many years. And then I got tired of sitting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really did. You know, I was just like, okay, uh, that's all good and fine. But I really want to feel my body and I want to feel my body moving. And I want my body to feel good. And mm. I can bring meditation into yoga, right? And mm-hmm. so meditation isn't just about sitting on a cushion. So what I did was through my many years of practice, began to see, it's like, I don't have to sit and I can still get the same benefits of presence, of nonjudgmental presence with my body, with my breath. I'm so connected to my breath and mm. the sensations in my body. And so yoga yes. is really about calming the fluctuations of the mind mm. that's the definition okay the very first part of the yoga sutras says yoga is the calming of the uh, of the fluctuation of the mind it isn't even talking about the body so when you bring your attention to the breath and to mm-hmm. the sensations in your body your mind can't be at two places at once So you're not caught in the busy, judgmental, uh, worrying mind. You're simply being with this beautiful breath that we take Mm. in and out in every moment. And in the breath, in the in-breath, we can feel the renewing of our soul, of our body. And in the out-breath, we can kind of just sense the empty nature of the mind. Right, And so it's just this beautiful play of breath that can anchor you into the present moment and into the sensations of the body so that the mind can be silent. Mm. And you can come into a place of peace. Yes. Makes me very happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can see it on your face. Yes. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, I highly recommend, uh, checking out this interview on YouTube, uh, to see Lynn and especially during that, you know, chocolate, uh, mindful eating, um, experience that we had. But, uh, also I have another question for you, Lynn. Okay. And you've already alluded to it, but Besides what we've talked about, how are you uh, evoking the power of play in your everyday life?
1: Well, I think every encounter that I have with another human being can be an activity of play. I love people. I really do. So I'm like, I'm kind of a extroverted introvert. I don't know. <laughs> I really I really enjoy probably as much as anything teaching other people yoga in a playful joyful fun way. Mm-hmm.
0: That I would really... love to take your class because the yoga instructors I have had they're very kind and compassionate But there really wasn't any play to it. It was more of the kind of rigidity and, you know, make sure you hold it for this. And, you know, really focusing on the physicality of the stance or the position and the breath. But it didn't feel very joyful to me. (laughs) Well, you're in
1: luck. I have a a 21-day online sunrise yoga experience. Uh coming up in July. So that's one option to play with fall. Yes. And um so I do it every year. It's a 21 day um 615 to 730 in the morning. And, and I that's go Central Standard Time. Central Standard Time, yeah. And so that's one opportunity. I also teach an energy medicine yoga class. And that one I'm taking online starting mid-June. Um, and that combines energy medicine with yoga, which is a conversation that was probably too long for what we have time for right yes, now. I
0: will invite you back definitely to talk about okay. that. That's excellent. That's I'm yeah. very curious about.
1: I'd love to come back and talk about it. Um, and so I also have some online videos on my website. So I have some YouTube videos with a few yoga, a cl- couple of yoga classes. And also the Energy Medicine Wake Up is on there as well. Um, and there's even a chair version. Of the yoga. So if you have to be in a chair, there's a chair version of the yoga as well. So under my multimedia page, you can find all of the meditations and the yoga that I've done in my classes. And that's free and available to
0: anybody. Wonderful. And do you mind just saying your website? Oh, yeah. It so
1: is? it's yeah, it's com, and it's L Y N N R O S S Y lynnrossi.com. Pretty easy to find.
0: (laughs) Great. And um, any other social media you're on? Are you on Facebook or Instagram as well?
1: Yeah, I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram at Dr. Lynn Rossi on on Instagram. I also go uh, by the handle Tasting Mindfulness. So I have a Tasting Mindfulness Facebook page um, and my own Facebook page, um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those things.
0: All the good things. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, it's been such a pleasure playing with you today, Lynn. I so appreciate you being here and uh, really unpacking ways that people can uh, invite more play into their lives because it's so needed. Uh, Just everything that's happening and being caught up in our heads. We really believe that we don't have the time But I love that phrase that you said about, you know, basically choosing, right? Choosing the time uh, to... And uh,
1: and choosing your happiness. So in my book, uh, Savor Every Bite, okay, um, I do have a whole section on smile and create your own happiness. Uh, This happiness doesn't happen to us. We create it, Right. And so it's it's a choice, it's a mindset and it's
0: a choice that we can make. Ah, that was perfect. And I'll make sure to put a link in the description for your book as well. They could probably find that also on your website, correct? Yes, they can. Okay, beautiful. (laughs) Well, thank you again for playing with us today, Lynn. I so appreciate you. And uh, I do, I really do look forward to having you back to talk about the um, energy medicine yoga. That sounds very wonderful. Just a lot of good things in there. Absolutely.
1: Well, it's been my pleasure, April. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. And thank you all for being and playing with us today. And I hope that you are able to participate in that mindful eating with the chocolate because it's amazing. And uh, remember just to bring yourself back to you and take a breath as you are learning to work from the inside out and if you've enjoyed this um, episode please hit subscribe leave a message let lynn and i know how you are utilizing the power of play and what you found what was interesting in the conversation yeah so again thank you my friends for tuning in and until next time be well